Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning. They call it hump day. Get through today and start cruising closer to the weekend. Beautiful sunny day. Temperatures again in the low 70s here in Hamilton, Ohio. Does it get, boys, any better than this? Well, it's absolutely gorgeous out here, Tom. It does not get better than this. It's not. Absolutely not. Everybody all right today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Are you kidding me, Tom? It's, you just said it doesn't get better than this. How, how can you have a bad day? Casey, you all right today? Yeah, I'm having a good day. Having a fantastic day. What? I think, Casey, so funny? I think Casey Rolling already got into that issue too stuff. I think I think I think Casey's acting a little goofy this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pass with flying colors. He's got a he's got a trail <laughs> of gummies from right here now. to Mason all along <laughs> the road. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And you can find us on YouTube. Just go to the Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live every day on X, formerly Twitter. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, thousands of you do on a daily basis, and we appreciate it. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Okay, a day off yesterday. Bengals are back at it today, prepping for Sunday's home game with Houston. Now, we will know more later today on the condition of star wide receiver Jamar Chase. Remember now, he injured his back in Sunday night's win against Buffalo. Should the Bengals hold him out of this Sunday's game to give him a little extra healing time, thus to be ready for next Thursday night's game in the big showdown in Baltimore? Well, who better to talk about these kinds of conversations than Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick, kind enough to join us from Columbus OHIO. Coach, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning, guys. I'm not having as good a day as you all, I guess, but it's good. A little overcast here. Well, it's, I mean, here in Cincinnati, sky's always blue, as you know, Coach. Always blue skies yeah. and sunshine. Uh, hey, you, you know, and, and I walk me through this. I'm being totally serious because, I, you know, I've never been privy to, to being in there, right? You come into the facility on a day like today. You're going to start practicing after a day off yesterday. Chase has this terrible landing on the ground you saw the other night when he went up into the air came straight down on his back chris collinsworth says right on the spot he says man i, I i've been there he is going to crawl out of bed tomorrow morning this is going to hurt so bad and when he showed up on monday he said he is hurting badly as long as there is no structural damage to any player okay as far as their back or their knee or whatever it might be Walk us through what the conversations are like and who's involved in those when you're trying to make a decision about a guy playing in four days from now. It really, it's, it's up to the docs. And the, the pivotal question is, again, it's always, are you hurt or are you injured? If you're injured, if you can do more harm, um, that's one thing. If you're just hurt, if you're hurting, everybody's hurting and, and you just deal with that. So you're right. Is it muscular? Uh, is it a bruise? Or did he do something along, you know, more along the joints or the back? And that's for the docs to say. The first question is always, can he, will he damage it further if he plays? 
Will, will it make it worse if he plays? Will it be substantially better if he doesn't play? So those questions have to be – the player is going to tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go and, and I'm fine uh, for the most part. But, but it really is – you know, you have to answer those questions. You want to be very careful about, well, let's hold back and, you know, we, we can play Houston and do okay without him, but we don't really want him there for Baltimore. Uh, you got to be very careful about cherry-picking who plays and who doesn't based on injury, you know, on, on the cat, you know, every week is a battle. So you, you know, it, that really comes down to the docks and, and will it loosen up enough? All right. You watch the Bengals. I'm assuming a little bit on Sunday night. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. I mean, it seems like every time the Bengals here over the last three years after forever, every time they showed up in a primetime game, uh, they'd get their, their brains beat in and they'd look terrible. But since Joe Burrow has been here, primetime games are undefeated. They're undefeated at home in primetime games. I mean, they, they, did you think that Sunday night they made a statement to the rest of the league that, hey, we might have taken our lumps to begin the year at 0-2 and 1-3, and but here we come? Oh, I, I think the entire division, it's getting interesting because I think the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens all made huge statements you know, when you get to the mid part of the season, you're, it's one of three things. You're either getting better, which all those three teams definitely are. You're just kind of up and down, up and down, 500. We got a bunch of teams like that. Or you are what your record says you are, and you're just not very good. Uh, those three teams um, all are showing sign. Baltimore is showing a little bit of rhythm, particularly the last couple of weeks. You know, they have just blown out their opponents. And, and looked very, very good against, you know, what had looked like a pretty good Seattle team. The Browns are the most interesting to me uh, because that defense, and now it looks like Deshaun Watson <coughs> is getting a little bit of rhythm, kind of getting the, the system under him. And, yes, the Bengals, I think they, you know, against a very good Bills team. Uh, Joe Burrow looks like he is really, really healthy uh, and playing well. Now they got to have Jamar Chase there, obviously. But I think all three of those teams in the AFC North are uh, are as good, or have shown that they're as good as anybody clearly in the AFC, maybe in the entire NFL. Um, you know, I want, I want to talk about Cleveland just for a second because I, I agree with you. I find them to be one of the most fascinating teams in the league. Uh, you know, we know their history. We know all that. We know about Deshaun Watson. He started the year, didn't look very good. Then he sat out for a while. He comes back last week. He looked good. He didn't look great, but he looked good. He looked better than he has most of the time um, this year. They, they, they lose Chubb. But they continue to run the football effectively. And you know, Brian, better than anybody. In this AFC North, when that weather starts getting bad, Cleveland's ability on the offensive line, Baltimore too, for that matter, not so much the Bengals and not so much Pittsburgh, at least so far. But I think there's, there's, where, uh, there's a serious advantageous level to their style of play as this season moves on. You agree with that? Or, or do we make a bigger deal out of that? The whole weather thing, no, being able no, to run the ball? No, no, I, that, that's real. That's substantial. I mean, you look at the Ravens. They, they ran for almost 300 yards against against a Pete Carroll defense and, and had the ball for 40 minutes. That That is hard to overcome. This week's game against the Browns is going to be fascinating to me because the Browns' defense is for real. If you look at those three teams, I think Cleveland is the sleeper because, yeah, you know, like I said, I think Deshaun Watson's beginning to get his legs underneath him. Joe Burrow looks good. 
Lamar Jackson is doing what Lamar Jackson does, and they're running the ball. Um, but the defense of the Browns is clearly the best of the three. So if Deshaun Watson can continue to progress, and I agree, he looked good, didn't look great, but I think he's got because I'm a, I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan as a player. I think he's got, he can be spectacular, and I think as he gets back into rhythm, coming back off that injury, and Steven, Kevin Stefanski kind of gets used to how to use them, coupled with that defense. This is going to be a very interesting game, uh, uh, how the Ravens fare against that Browns defense. And indeed, if Deshaun Watson, and they're going to have to they have to be balanced. They're going to have to run the ball as well as throw the ball. This is going to be an interesting week with Cleveland at Baltimore. Look, I know you know because you really follow the Ravens. You follow the whole league, whether it was your days at Fox or the NFL Network and just because you love football. Um but I got to tell you, and, and maybe you look at me and you just go, duh, because you've done that probably 15,000 times since we've known each other. But, you know, I watched Lamar Jackson this year, Coach, and, I mean, I always knew he was good. I'm not sure I knew he was this good. Well, you know, they, they brought in uh, a new coordinator to enhance the passing game. More importantly, they brought in a receiving core. This is probably the best – not, not, you know, superstars, but top to bottom. You know, they've always had Mark Andrews is outstanding. OBJ is contributing. This other uh, young tight end likely is very, very, very good and getting better. Bateman, Flowers, Aguilar, you know, good – they all serve a role. So I think to answer the question, yeah, Lamar, Lamar's pretty darn good. And his efficiency the other day, he only threw it 26 times, but he was 21 of 26, almost 200 yards, chipped in another 60 yards rushing, of course. Um, the fact that they ran the ball with Keaton Mitchell had over 130 yards. Gus Edwards averaged 10 yards a carry. I mean, 300 yards against the Pete Carroll defense rushing. That's incredible. So Lamar in conjunction with that, yeah, yeah. The, the guys, let's put it this way. He is good enough. I mean, I'm always asked the same thing. Okay, your choice, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson, who do you take? And that that's an interesting question. Uh, obviously, in the totality, Lamar gives you such a dynamic one-two punch. But in terms of quarterback play and, and can you win with that quarterback, that's a different question. But, yeah, is he good enough? Yeah. And they're playing good defense, not, not, not you know, top of the league, not as good as maybe as Cleveland is right now, but they're playing good enough, particularly when the offense holds on to the ball for 40 minutes. Yeah, uh, it, it's mind-boggling what they're doing because you're right. They're not just beating people. They're blowing people out of the gym. Uh, but that, that's a big game this week. Um, walk me through if you're Robert Sala. All right. Now you go out and you get Aaron Rodgers. You, you've got an outstanding defense. There's another defense that is really good when you watch them play. I mean, man, they get after the quarterback. They're tough. They're physical, all those kinds of things. And now the season falls into the lap of the guy you didn't want to be around anymore. You kept him around as a backup in Zach Wilson. Salah has said, look, the kid's getting better. But, but, but how is he, you know, now there's starting to be some little cracks. You know, not, not that they said anything, but it was more what they didn't say from the tight end and from Garrett Wilson and from some other guys on offense about how frustrating it must be. How does he hold this thing together? Because they're still right there for a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, he doesn't. The team has to. The locker room has to. You know, when we had our Super Bowl run in, in the Ravens' first Super Bowl, people forget we, we had a four-game losing streak. 
and we had a month where we didn't score an offensive touchdown. Now you talk about the ability for that to tear a team apart. And and this game against the Chargers is a perfect example. The defense did play well. They only gave up 136 yards passing to Justin Herbert. They gave up less than 100 yards rushing, and they lost 27 to 6. So that begins to uh, the futility and the defense looking at the offense, and that that's a tough one. And do that all he can to fight. They're that they're that that middle of the ground team. I said, you know, that are yeah, they're sometimes bad, and they're flirting with 500. Um, and and trying to make a run at this thing, but it really does he have the veteran leadership in the locker room to kind of hold that together to say yes, we can work past this. Um, I, I don't look, know. And in a place like New York, it makes it doubly tough. Yeah, I, look, I know you got to get to the dentist, but I just want to follow that up with one thing: you've given Aaron Rodgers all this money. Uh, I don't think anybody on the planet uh, thought that Aaron Rodgers might come back and play. I mean, I can't believe watching him moving around and the way he's moving around already just seven weeks after he ruptures his Achilles tendon in the opening week, eight weeks, whatever it is. But with that offensive line, you know, if he comes back and let's say you got three to go and, and, and you're two out or you got two to go and you're one out, I mean, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, so if he walks in the door, he's going to say, I'm playing and they're going to play him. But, I mean, would you even want to risk it as bad as that line is? First off, I would be stunned if he indeed can come back from a ruptured Achilles. I had a severed Achilles, and not that not to put that in the same context, but about the same age. Um, that takes a while. The mobility, the stiffness, and it and it feels pretty good fairly quickly until you really go to load on it, and then that's where it's whoa, you know, you know this thing this thing is. Uh, this thing is not right. So first, for his ability to come back and play in this year, I would just be stunned. But I agree. If they're getting near the end and the way the offensive line, uh, he'll want to do it. Is it the smart thing to do? I'm not sure it would be to put him back out there, again, at a time when I just can't imagine he'd be healthy enough. The behind an offensive line where him moving around is going to be a premium, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'd have to rethink that one. All right. All right, Brian, we thank you so much for your time as always, my friend. Good luck at the dentist. Hopefully no pain. All gain, no oh, pain. I hate the dentist. This is not a good day. <laughs> All right, man. All right, buddy. I'll see you later. Coach Brian Billick, Super Bowl winning head coach, took the Ravens to the playoffs seven times during his outstanding coaching career. He's in the Ravens uh, Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, rightfully so. Um, you know, I found that part about who makes a decision very interesting because uh, talking about <clears throat> Chase's situation, Jamar Chase, and when he walks in the door and Brian made the comment, he says, you know, 90-something percent of the time, the player's going to walk in and say, I'm okay, I'm good to go. Now, Chase was as open and honest as you could possibly be. Now, remember, they played a Sunday night game they had to be in the building on Monday to look at film and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, how excited guys are to want to have to turn around and talk to the press or the media and all that kind of thing when they open up the locker room on a Monday uh, relatively early after the Sunday night game. I don't know. But Chase, uh, he laid it out there. I mean, he's using words like, you know, I'm praying this thing gets better. And, and he's like, it is really sore. And I don't know 
what this week, excuse me, may bring. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, today all of a sudden he's had 48 hours worth of treatment and, and he feels like a million bucks. Hopefully that's the case. But that's got to be a tough conversation to have. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you're talking about a guy, and I think uh, Casey brought this up yesterday, where uh, Jamar was the guy at the beginning of the year who said, listen, if Joe Burrow's not 100%, you know, let's rest it. So Jamar obviously has that thought process in his mind. Maybe he'll do that himself. I think as Bengals fans, we talked about this yesterday, said that if, if, if the Bengals need Jamar Chase to beat the Texans, then maybe we're not as good as we think we are. That being said, if he can play, I'd like him out on the field, but we don't need to, we don't need to push anything this Sunday. So if Jamar wants to play, he wants to play, but you certainly gotta gotta be cautious knowing the two weeks, the two jug the, the two great defenses that you play um, against the Ravens and the Steelers in the following two weeks, that you, you can't push Jamar this week. You can't push him. Yeah, I and I agree. If the if, if it's because of the injury, right, you don't play him. If he's genuinely hurt, you don't play him. If it's because it's the Texans and it's it's a bye week is what we're going to call it, then, then that, that, that's, not a good, that's not a good enough reason and he should probably play. But if, if it's all about the injury, if it's 100% about his injury, getting better for, for the, the rest of the season, you don't play him. But it, it just seems to me like a lot of people are taking this game like a bye game, and I don't like it. Yeah, you brought up this yesterday, and, and I agree with you. And you heard Brian Billig basically agree with you when he said the same thing. When you start cherry-picking about, you know, okay, well, we got these guys and we got those guys – um, but look, that's human nature, right? I mean, when you look at the rosters of the two teams, I mean, Reed makes an extremely valid point there that if you look at the rosters of these two teams, the Bengals should be able to beat 100%. the Houston Texans without Jamar Chase. They should. They still have T. Higgins, who now all of a sudden is starting to show up, right? Yep. Run game's been a little better uh, outside of that pitch sweep stuff. I mean, I just wish that Zach Taylor would just throw that straight in the trash. Defenses are too fast for that nonsense now. It doesn't work. There was a time and a place. It doesn't work anymore. Linebackers are running four three forties. You got defensive linemen that weigh three hundred pounds that are running four six forties. It doesn't happen anymore. But anyway, I digress. Um, but hey. Um, C.J. Stroud threw for 470 yards last week. Yeah. 470 yards. He took him down the field with 47 seconds left for a game-winning touchdown drive. They present a challenge now. And not to, men and not to mention that it's the Bengals right now are 5-3 and three in their fourth place in the division. They're in fourth place. You lose this game, it doesn't look great. You're 5-4, and four, still in fourth place with a brutal gauntlet of a schedule coming up. I know what Reed's saying. If you can't beat the Vikings, if you can't beat the Texans, what are we doing? I agree with that to a, to a certain degree. It's not a lock that the Bengals are in the postseason yet. Every game still matters. Certainly not a lock. Every game still matters. The te this Texans game, I know the spread's like a touchdown and, and a half. It is? Uh, it's, it's like eight and a half points, yeah? Yeah. Well, that's a lot of points. I know it is. That's what I've been that's saying, Tom. It's a lot of points. It, this has trap game written all over it. I agree with Reed 100%. This roster should be good enough and is good enough to beat the Texans without Jamar Chase. Saying that, you take one game for granted when you're in last place in the division, I don't love our chances. They I don't went, love it. They went, what, 3-0 last year without Jamar Chase? Yep. Start, yeah. Without Jamar Chase playing last one. year? 
They lost they, the Browns game. They, they lost the, Bra- the Browns game. Okay, so was... my bad. So they lost the Browns game, came back, and won two games. Uh, Jamar Chase is a top three receiver in the league. No, no one can deny that. Anytime that he's on the field, the team is infinitely better. But if he's banged up, I don't want him hurting any more than – especially with the Ravens and the Steelers game. I'm not sleeping on the Texans. I'm just bringing up the point that if there was any game that you, no, for the rest right. of the year, that Jamar Chase could take a game off, it would be the Texans. So if he's banged up going into this week, all right, let's sit him, let's rest him. We can beat the Texans without Jamar Chase. We've shown that. And, and, and I, I'll beat the point till, till it's a dead horse. If you can't beat the Texans without Jamar Chase, then what are we doing as fans? What are we doing here in Cincinnati? Like that's, and I know you can lose on any given Sunday in the NFL, but I, I'm, I want Jamar healthy for the end of the year. The Chiefs lost to the Broncos. That's true. That, and we we lost but to the Titans. In, in fairness, that game was in Denver. The Texans obliterated the Jaguars. The, the, the Texans aren't aren't out of the postseason. I mean, they're four and four. They play in a bad division in the AFC um, South. Like. They're, they're a good team. C.J. Stroud's the real deal. You you watch the tape on him. He, he, he's real. He's the real deal. Like he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. I don't. I don't want it to be twisted. What I'm saying, and I know you can easily pluck and say that. Reed, you're saying that you want to start one of the best. You want to sit one of the best players because you think you should beat them without. That is what I'm saying. But I I don't think you should be sleeping on the Texans. I just also want to rest one of our best players so that he's healthy for the divisional games. Hmm. Casey, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean. My thoughts are rest Jamar Chase. I don't want to lose him for any longer than we have to. I think Reed's right. It's going to be a good it's going to be a a close game regardless of who's in and who's out. And I'm just looking at at what happened for the Texans this year. That Ravens game to start early on in the season was actually a lot closer than it appears. I remember that one very vividly. Um then they barely lose the Falcons. They barely lose the Panthers. They, they've been in a lot of games, and they've blown out some teams. They blew out the Steelers, 30-6. to They blew out the Jaguars, 37-17. to They scored 39 points on, on a Buccaneers defense, which is not great anymore, but it's still good. Yep. It's still decent. Yep. So for me, it's – I'm not sleeping on the on – And the, I think the Bengals the, have only scored 30 points in a game, what, twice this year? Well, both – well, one Cardinals, of them being Cardinals the, the Cardinals and then the other being San Francisco. Yeah, okay, so two games, they've scored 30. Yeah. And, I mean, the Texans are putting up 30, not on a regular basis, but against some pretty good teams, as you just mentioned. They can right. score. They can score. And, you know, also at the same, in the same merit, when we lost Jamar Chase for those four games or whatever it was, we leaned heavily on our run game to kind of help support that. And that hasn't really been fully – fledged out Mm -hmm. as of yet so for me you look at this houston team they're 10th in the league in stopping the run pretty darn good up front they like to get after the quarterback it just just like elliot said it's just the writing on the wall says trap game i don't think the Bengals will treat them any less than what they are no i think they'll truly treat them as a competitor but as a fan as a fan, you just cannot say, just rest Jamar Chase. This team's a cakewalk. That's just not it. We, there, there's more in, into this than really. Sure, and, and we can circle around this topic all we want. When it comes down to it, what Brian Billick said, what, what we know is going to happen is, is they're going to sit Jamar Chase down and say, look, are you good to play or are you not? And Jamar Chase is going to sit right there and say, yeah, I'm good to play, or no, I'm not good to play. And that's, that's who's going to make the decision. 
That's who's going to make the decision. Kyle Kasky brings up a good point, uh, or says that Trenton Irwin will step directly in for Chase, and Cincinnati won't miss a step for a game or two. They are that good at the skill positions, plus they have yet to lean on Joe Mixon for an entire game yet. That's what Casey just brought up. Is yep. when, when you're missing Jamar Chase, you, you can you can run the ball a little bit more. You can be a little more diverse with the offense. So, Well, you know, and, and, and look, the one thing, again, I, that I really like about Chase, I don't know him. I've met him. I don't know him. I really like his honesty in assessing the whole thing. Like you mentioned, sure. he said the same thing with Burrow. Remember, last year, he was healthy enough to go, but he wanted one more week. And that made a huge difference. Now, in fairness, last year, some of the teams they played during that stretch when they leaned on the run game, the game Mixon had five or six touchdowns, ran for 190 yards or whatever it was, right? I mean, they were playing the Falcons, and they were playing the Saints, and they were playing some of these teams. And quite honestly, I mean, they're just not very good. Yeah, I don't they, think either they, one of those teams this time last year would be as good as Houston is right now. Now, that we'll never know the answer to that question. But you mentioned how Houston does against the run, uh, and they've played some teams that like to run. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, some others, they play teams that like to run the ball. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big decision. Um, I don't think that they're going to let Chase make the decision. I, I really don't. I think, I think Brian said it. it mo more times than not, the player will walk in and say, I'm good to go. And then they'll look at the doctor and they'll ask those questions. Can he make it worse? Could him playing this week mean that if he does one thing, that it's really bad? Yep. You know? So I agree with Kyle. I agree with all you guys. I mean, everybody has, has a perfectly viable, logical. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, this coming week. I tell you that, and Brian brought it up. I, I can't wait, and, and I have a bad feeling I'm going to be on an airplane flying back from Texas. What time is that Baltimore-Cleveland game this week? Is that a 1 o'clock game? It I is imagine. a 1 o'clock game. It should be, one, it should be 1 o'clock. Two East Coast teams, yeah. It is a 1 o'clock game. Man. That is going to be an interesting game to watch because I'm with him. And, and, Elliot, you've already gone on record as saying you think the Brownies are winning two playoff games, which puts them in the AFC championship game. Yeah, I do. I believe it. I think the Browns are damn good. I think if Deshaun Watson, again, is capable of playing 50% of what he was in Houston, he's a good quarterback. He's a very, very good quarterback. I, I, I think the Browns' defense is scary. I bet the final that's a low-scoring game. That's a, that's a smash-mouth football game. And it's and, it, and it's arguably one of the biggest games of the season to date because the NS the NL Central, my God, uh, the, the oh, AFC boy. North. I'm still in baseball mode, Tom. I'm always in baseball mode. Uh, the, the, Sorry to hear that. <laughs> the AFC North is such a it's such a hard division, and I do think one of those two teams will win the division when it when it's said and done. Andrew Dunn accuses you of this being a shtick, picking the Brownies to win two playoffs. It's not games. a shtick. It's not. You a You really believe that? I think they are capable of winning two playoff games. I think when I you said that, you didn't realize that you they were going to get into the AFC Championship game with two nope. playoff wins. Nope. I don't think <laughs> – nope, 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 not at all, Reed. I think <laughs> I think that the Browns are capable of winning two playoff games. Part of being good is being lucky. They've been very lucky this season. They were, in, they were lucky in Indianapolis. They were lucky throughout this year. So, listen, they were lucky it was raining in Cleveland week one, so Joe Burrow couldn't throw more than 40 yards. I give me a break. <laughs> that was that was, that was pretty lucky. Yeah. It was raining. Yeah. Pretty lucky, Tom. 
Oh, it was wet. come on. It was wet. I think we win that game if it's dry. Would I bet all my money that the Browns get to an AFC Championship game? No. But I do think it's possible. Well, it's certainly it's possible. They're, they're a good team. Tell There's me. no way you believe watching that season opener. It rained for both teams the last time I checked. Right. When the Bengals had the ball, it didn't start pouring. And when the Brownies had it, they, I mean, because Deshaun Watson was stunk in that game, too. Well, yeah, Cleveland, when you're up in Cleveland, you're used to just terrible weather like that. Here in Cincinnati, up, up here, down here in Cincinnati, close to Hamilton, where the sun always well, shines. Well, they should have built the stadium in Hamilton. Right, they yeah, should've. they would never have to worry about it, any any bad weather whatsoever. They're used, they're used to just terrible weather. They're used to being muggy and just gross up there. Sometimes the lake's on fire. Could you imagine some of the designs on the fake grass that the lawnmower man could do up there? Oh, my if God, If you had yeah. the stadium up here? It would be insane. I think the Bengals could use uh, It looked like the Oregon Miami basketball steel. court. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, this game this Sunday is could be— I couldn't help myself. I'm it could be a coming-out party for the Cleveland Browns. I know that we in the AFC North— recognize that they're very good we see their their defense and how good it can be but if they could beat a Ravens team who I think is playing the best football in the National Football League right now on the road that's I mean that's a coming out party yeah yeah I mean, there's there's no doubt about it um Everett says someone buy Reed a Steelers jersey and Elliot a Browns jersey I, I hate that I've that Reed I, is Reed is he's always said he's a Steelers fan he grew up I, in Pittsburgh he loves the black and yellow, so go ahead, Reed. They're but my least favorite sports team in the world. I hate the Steelers. Any, I mean, my, my brother-in-law is a Steelers fan. That's why I don't like him a whole lot. So it's I, You I are frequently talking up Kenny Pickett. That's right. You Kenny do Pickett. talk up Kenny Pickett. He was a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. Kenny Pickett, for the first 45 minutes of every football game, looks like he's never played this sport before. Then the final 15 minutes, he makes a couple throws, and you're just like, what the hell was that? And then they win the game. It doesn't make sense. They, you're the right. Steelers are an anomaly. Close. I was close. I know we're doing picks tomorrow because uh, Friday, I'm not going to be here. Uh, I'm going to go visit my daughter for the weekend. I get to watch the University of Texas play football on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. TCU's going to win that game. Uh, their quarterback play, their defense. Ugh. Um, and they were supposed to be better talented team this year than they were last year. But that's, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, man. I mean, that Big 12 is a different animal. It really is. Yep. I mean, every single week, man, they, there are no layups in that league. None. Yeah, it's not like None. You go play Kansas and Kansas State and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And you see. And, 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 well. And you see <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, I went out the window. Brigham Young University. <laughs> Has Houston won a conference game yet? They is won this one. They won one. I was getting ready to say, it's is West this Virginia. another clash of the Titans this weekend? Yeah, they've won one. UCF has won one against us. And, and, and the Bearcats, unfortunately, have not won one yet. Hey, got a chance. Got a chance. They've still got a this chance. This is it. I feel it, Tom. I feel it. Houston, you are right about the Big 12. To win. It's, it's the best conference in football, no doubt about That's it. That's what everyone says. Better than the SEC? Way better. Way better. Big 12 and Mac. More parity in there. The Mac, yeah, Mac is second. All right, we're going to get to that in a second. More news around the National Football League. The L.A. Rams signed veteran quarterback Carson Wentz. Remember him? There was a time he was one of the better guys around. They've signed him to back up the injured Matthew Stafford, according to ESPN. The team made the signing during their bye week, which, of course, give Wentz more time to learn the offense. Titans coach, former Buckeye star Mike Vrabel, Announced yesterday that rookie Will Levis 
will be the team's starting quarterback for the remainder of this season. Levis has started the last two weeks, filling in for the injured veteran Ryan Tannehill. Interesting sign made by the Dallas Cowboys. They bring in wide receiver Martavius Bryant. Now, this cat has not played in the NFL since 2018 due to multiple violations of the league's substance abuse policies. Bryant came into the league with the Steelers, went to the Raiders, in 44 games had 145 receptions for nearly 2,400 yards. Now five years have gone by, but the Cowboys are looking for somebody besides C.D. Lamb to make some big plays. College football rankings. Round two came out last night. The top four remain the same. Ohio State number one, followed by Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State. Washington's undefeated at number five. This is where it gets interesting. We're going to talk about this a little bit today, okay? And they were talking about it last night. That show is actually a good show to watch. I don't really get wrapped up in a lot of those kinds of things. Uh, but I have to say, they've got a great crew, they being ASP, ESPN, where you got Reese Davis as a host, and then you got Herb Street and Galloway, a couple of Buckeyes, by the way. You got uh, Booger McFarland, and you've got um, Greg McElroy. And McElroy was the one who brought it up last night. And people that say these rankings are not a big deal because it's too early, it's just not accurate. And he made this point, okay? Because where they are now has set pretty much a guideline or a baseline of where they will go moving forward. And here's the point that he made. We're talking about one-loss teams now. And mark it down. There's going to be a one-loss team that's in this college football playoff. There is every year. In, fa in fact, there's more than one most years. Okay? Oregon is ahead of both Texas and Alabama. Despite the fact that the Ducks' best win this year was against Utah, and they're just okay. Their second best win technically is against Colorado, okay? So Oregon is at six. At seven, you have Texas. Texas has five wins this season against teams with winning records, including a win, the only loss Alabama has had at home in its last 54 games in Tuscaloosa. Then you have the Crimson Tide. Now, yes, they lost to Texas, but Alabama has wins against three teams in the top 20. Ole Miss, who's at number 10, Tennessee, who's at 15, and LSU, who lost last week to Alabama, drops to 20. So in other words, if they stay with where they are, now Oregon's gonna have to face Maybe Washington again, okay, um, in a Pac-12 championship game. They're going to have to face USC, but I mean, it's USC. So it's not a cakewalk the rest of the way. But I tell you, the way this shakes out, it's going to be fascinating. More drama, by the way, surrounding Michigan football today. Now, there's a source who used to work at a Big Ten school, okay, who said they have proof, and this person has sent it to the University of Michigan, that last year, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue all shared Wolverine signs. 
okay, as they were getting ready to play Michigan. They shared their signs. Now, those signs were accumulated from, and, 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 and even the person who's brought this up has admitted this much, has said it was accumulated from watching their games when you're playing them, which you're allowed to do, or trying to get it from television. In fact, one Big Ten coach who remained anonymous said this is completely commonplace all over college football, that it is perfectly legal, and that Michigan is doing nothing more than just trying to divert the attention away from its illegal in-person sign-stealing scandal. I mean, this gets more fascinating by the day. All right, last night in Maction. Boys, can we That's say right. Maction? Maction. 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 I'm not going to listen to Elliot because he badmouths Maction. That's true. That no, is. I don't. I went to, yes, I went, you do. You badmouth the Mac. I went to a Mac school. Toledo's yeah, I know, my but own. you badmouth the Mac. Toledo's my alma mater. We have tape. You There's no tape. Mouth the, you don't badmouth the Mac. You're no. a Mac kind of guy. I'm people. a Mac guy. You are. You're a Mac guy. Ohio University goes to 7-3. and three. With a win last night, come from behind win at Buffalo. Boy, did it look cold there. If you watched any of that on TV, I mean, it looked really cold. Bobcats are one game behind Miami for first place in the Mac East. Speaking of the Red Hawks, they play at home tonight. We going? Against Akron in another night of? Maction. Maction. Boy, that was lame. Tom, are we going? That was really lame. High Nooners? To, to Jaeger Stadium up there in Oxford? Not a chance. That's our kind of game. Maction. No, it's your kind of game. Miami. There's going to be 10. There's Maction, and there's and then there's Miami. Uh, you think we can even get a seat? You think we can get a ticket to that I game? I doubt it. I know. It's <laughs> going to be a beautiful night. It's going to be in the 50s, right? Just up the road from Hamilton. It's oh, gonna yeah. It's going to be sold out up there in Oxford. We know that for sure. It is going to be a big league, big league atmosphere. I mean, forget Penn State whiteouts. Correct. Forget going to the shoe. Correct. Forget... LSU for a night game. This is Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Listen, this I, you know what, though? I'm not going to say anything bad about them because I, I'm a big Chuck Martin guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he did. They ran OU in the ground. They ran them in the ground. And I can admit it. When my guys stink or make mistakes, I'm the first guy out there to beat them down. And Miami looked phenomenal against OU last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, with their backup quarterback, and he's got to go the rest of the way because the Gabbert kid is out. Yep. I don't. I don't. Which, uh, which bowl game do you think Ohio's going to get in this year? They'll get in a, a Lead well, paint like bowl the Bahamas or Bowl Bahamas or bowl, yeah. some of that kind of bowl. Some I mean, the they're already bowl eligible. They're 7-3. and three. Yeah. They got an outside chance. They need help from other people for Miami to lose and, and get into the MAC Conference Championship game. Right now, if the season ended, Miami would play in the MAC Conference Championship game against the team – that's the only one to beat him in a mat, and that would be Toledo. Alma mater. Alma mater. That's my alma mater. I went there. That's true. That's true. We should go to the MAC championship game this year. You know where they play that, Tom? Ford? Yes, I do. Ford Field. Ford Field. Yes. Inside. It's a party in there. It is. It's big time. Because those MAC schools can party now. Oh, yeah, they can. They can party. That's a rock solid. That's in every man's conference. Maybe not for a guy like, you know, Reed, uh, but, uh, or really even Elliot, uh, elitist. Uh, I went there. But, but, yeah. but, Casey, for guys like you and me, the MAC, it's right up our alley. What are you guys talking Every you man's conference. That's right. You guys were. Doesn't change. They don't bring guys in and out. They're not having Exodus to go over here and, you know, try to bring in a couple of stiffs from over there. It's remained the same. Strong, proud, 
Listen, you, you, you guys that were in the Mid American Mid American Conference, that's highfalutin. Casey was in the Horizon Conference. The I real was. Everyman's Conference is the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference, the HCAC. That's where real men go, Tom. Real guys, men. guys like Woody Harrelson is a is an alum of the HCAC. <clears throat> Former Vice President Mike Pence was an HCAC guy, and Reed Mouse, Bluffton Beaver. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Tom. Did you just put in the chat that LSU would beat Ohio State by 10? Yeah. Did you write that? Yeah, I was probably a little wrong there. It'd probably be closer to 15 20. <laughs> okay. Do you disagree? Yeah, I just do disagree. So you think it'd be even <laughs> yeah, more? I very much disagree. You think it'd be even more? No, I, I don't think that that would happen. But what do you think of that one loss saying? See, people say it's irrelevant. Yeah. They say it's irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. Now, look, if all three of those teams finish with one loss, and this is what would be really fascinating, okay? That would mean, let's start with Oregon. That would mean that Oregon runs the table and avenges their only loss, theoretically, would beat Washington, okay, which would bump Washington out. Right? Okay. So you would have Oregon as the Pac-12 champion with one loss. If Texas runs the table, okay, they would have one loss, have a chance to avenge their only loss, which was against Oklahoma. No, is it in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they lost to Oklahoma. And I don't know if Oklahoma is going to make it, but maybe. But let's just say they played Oklahoma again and beat them in the Big 12 title game. So you'd have a Pac-12 champion in Oregon, one loss. You'd have a Big 12 champion in Texas, one loss. Let's say Alabama runs the table and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. The conference that has dominated the college football landscape and the college football playoffs since it started. Right? Yeah. I mean, not even not even in the same galaxy with everybody else. Damn right, Tom. Okay. Are you going to put Oregon in the play? Let, 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 let's just, for the sake of argument, let, let's just assume for a second. Okay? We know Ohio State or Michigan, one of them is going to lose a game because they play each other. And let's say, pick one. Say Ohio State wins, say Michigan loses. Okay. I still think, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But let's say you had unbeaten teams. So that would mean Georgia had a loss to Alabama. Alabama's the SEC champion based on the scenario. There's a lot of moving parts here, but just stay with me for a second. Let's assume Florida State wins out. They're undefeated. Mm -hmm. So the only undefeateds would then be Ohio State and Florida State. You'd have Georgia with a loss to Alabama. You'd have to put Alabama ahead of Georgia if they beat them and won the SEC title game, okay? You would have Oregon, one loss. Michigan, one loss. Texas, one loss. Alabama, SEC champion, one loss. You have to put Texas ahead of Alabama because they beat them. Correct. Okay, but, at, but are you telling me you're going to put, in theory, the way they have them ranked right now, 
and let's just say each of them say, stay at one loss. Pac-12 champ, Big 12 champ, SEC champ. Are you going to put Oregon ahead of Texas? Are you going to put Oregon ahead of Alabama for potentially a spot in the college football play? The SEC champion? Tom, no. <laughs> if, if Alabama, but aren't they boxed in by the way right now that they have it? No, they are. A little I, bit. I, don't, I don't understand Which, how— Good. I don't understand how they can have the rankings as they are. I mean, if you're looking at if if you're setting the precedent of putting Ohio State one because of who they beat, that's fine. That's good and everything like that. But then if the same precedent is put to the one loss teams, it doesn't make sense because Oregon doesn't have the same wins that Texas and Alabama do. Right. And that's that's what you're asking. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm asking. Is there is no world, there is no scenario in which the Alabama Crimson Tide run the table, beat Georgia in the SEC championship, and don't get in the college football playoff. All right, hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute now. I know now. that's how they're setting it up, but that's that's not – there's there's no scenario, right? Well, I mean, Jolly Jolly brings up a great point. You can say it doesn't matter now, and the committee has proven uh, through the years that you, you can justify whatever you want to justify moving forward. But, I mean, if, if – put yourself in Oregon's place here for a second. Most people have felt that this year, they did early in the year. I'm not so sure anymore because the Oregon States and the Washington States and SC and Utah, they, they're all just okay now. They were getting a lot of pub early. But can you imagine being in Oregon shoes and all of a sudden, you know, you lose an incredibly exciting game against Washington, your big rival, right? right. Your only loss. And then... You beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, mm -hmm. and you're left out? I, Tom, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is such a weird, a weird situation. I, I, it's, I don't know what they're going to do. I, some teams got to start falling off, and, it, and if it, it comes down to the SEC championship, champion's always going to get in. How can, they, how can an SEC champion not get in, Tom? How could it, I, I'm with you all the way on that. How could an SEC champion? Well, I mean, especially if you look at what would Alabama's resume be at that point. Alabama would have beaten – their only loss would be to Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay? They will have beaten Ole Miss, who right now is ranked 10th. And Ole Miss, by the way, plays Georgia this weekend. Another huge game. Huge game in college football this weekend. Unbelievable playoff implications. So you've got that game. So they would have a win, Alabama would, over Ole Miss. Go on the road and beat number 17, Tennessee win over LSU, and win over, by the time we get there, right now they're number two, win over Georgia. Right. Here were the rankings, by the way. And uh, here we go. Uh, Justin, Justin's always stirring it up, uh, Ohio State stuff. Says, Kyle McCord will cost Ohio State the national championship. You know what? You might be right. You if, might be right. If, if Ohio State were to lose to Michigan, then what would happen? Yeah, like, let's, let's, let's do this hypothetical to where – both Ohio State and Michigan go go into the final week or the final game, and then they're undefeated. undefeated. Whoever wins goes on and wins the SE or the, the the Big Ten champion. So we're looking at a one-loss um, 
Ohio State or Michigan team, and the other team's the Big Ten champion. Georgia goes to the SEC champion, loses to, to Alabama. Alabama. To Alabama. And then meanwhile, Florida State and Washington are both undefeated going into the – and win their, their championship. What, what does that look like? Because now you're looking at a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan team. Whoever wins the Big Ten championship is in. They're undefeated. Um, I can't imagine Georgia. Well, they don't have to be undefeated. I mean, that's when, if you really want to get crazy about this stuff, right. I mean, really crazy, right? Way out there. You want to get crazy. What if Michigan beat, loses this weekend at Penn State and then Michigan turns around and beats Ohio State? And then wins the Big because Ten. of the tiebreaker and the way that the Big Ten works, the team that has gone the longest without playing in a Big Ten title game goes to the title game. Right. So you would have Ohio State and Michigan, who have been in the top three, four all year long, mm -hmm. right? You would have both of them with one loss and neither one playing in their conference championship game. But go ahead to what you're doing. I know what so, you're saying. So like, let, let's, let's make a hypothetical for the, the craziest amount of uh, – the most amount of chaos that we can possibly create. Ohio State has the best resume in college football right now. But they lose to Michigan in the final week, and then Michigan goes on. And, and wins the Big Ten championship game. So we're looking at a 13-0 Big Ten champion Michigan team. We're looking at an 11-1 Ohio State team that has been number one for the past few weeks and would be number one up until that, that final week. Yep. Georgia goes 12-0, loses in the SEC championship game to Alabama. So we're looking at a 12-1 Georgia team who has been in the top four, top three, top two all season long. And we're looking at a 12-1 Alabama team that is the SEC champions. Meanwhile, we also have a 13-0 Florida State team, a 13-0 Washington team, to where we have six teams that all have very, very legitimate cases to get into the college football playoff. What does that look like? No doubt about Cause it. Because at some point, you're going to have to, you, you, you might have to kick out one of these Pac-12, 13-0 undefeated Washington teams. Well, that, if, if you're undefeated, you're in. Yeah, I agree. If, if, but if you're Georgia and you lose to Alabama because of all the strength of schedule stuff, Assuming that whole scenario, Michigan's undefeated, blah, blah, right. blah. I think Georgia's the one that gets bounced. Well, so, so Georgia, Georgia and Michigan would get bounced because of their strength their schedule. of schedule. They would get bounced. A one-loss a one Georgia. Yeah, Michigan. because I think that Georgia's strength of schedule is like 100th. Michigan's like 112th. You know, that, Georgia's win over Missouri last week was their first win against a top 25 team. Now, and the same thing for Michigan. I mean, the teams that they played out of conference, it's an embarrassment. And for two or three years now. And, and you know what? You can't argue with them for doing it. The last two years, they played in the college football playoff. Yeah. And they've won the big one against Ohio State when they've had to win the big one. They beat them and beat them bad. So, you're so, right, though. This thing is unbelievable where it could end up. Well, so in my hypothetical that I proposed, you said that Michigan would get – I mean, if they win the Big Ten championship and go 13-0, they'd be in. Who? Michigan. Of they, course they would. They'd go Big in. Ten champion undefeated is going in. Okay. And, and, and in my scenario, I have both Washington and Florida State going 13-0, winning their championship. So you'd say they were in. Without a doubt. So now you're looking at the fourth spot being between an 11-1 Ohio State team, a 12-1 Georgia team that lost in the SEC champion, and a 12-1 Alabama team that won the SEC championship. And Texas, you left Texas. out a Texas team that would have one loss <laughs> for, as a Big I, 12 I didn't champion. I throw into Texas – being a Which beat Alabama. And then so, Texas so, would have to be ahead of Alabama. Yeah, Texas would, would, <laughs> is going to go ahead of Alabama. So I think, in, in all seriousness, if that if that all plays out, the way that I just said it, and I didn't even throw Texas into it, I think we're legitimately looking at the committee leaving out an undefeated Power 5 champion. No way. 
No chance. I would rather see Georgia. No I would chance. rather see a twelve and one Georgia team in there than a thirteen and zero Washington or a thirteen and zero Florida State team. I'd rather see an eleven and one Ohio State team in there over a thirteen and zero Washington team or a thirteen and zero Florida State team. Ain't happening though. I hear what you're saying, and and I think the TV ratings would certainly reflect that because every time you put certainly Ohio State more so than any other team in college football, you put them on to national television and the numbers blow up. But they're going to have to beat Michigan this year. Yeah, I they're going to have to beat them. I hate to bring up sour, sour, uh, sour topic here, but you see went undefeated, and they put them in there because that's they right. went undefeated. That's but that, right. but like that, that there's the just no way. way. There's just no way that they're not. That, that wasn't right. the same that was, scenario as as I'm, I mean, we're looking at in that scenario, we're looking at seven teams that in any other year the college football playoff would get in, but because that all seven of these teams are are going up against each other. I would say the college football playoff gets together and just said, all right, we're going to play an eight-team team this year. We've got to because I know they can't do that, but I wish they could. I wish they could. It starts next year, right, the 12 teams? Yes, the 12 yeah. uh, The UC thing, they would not have gotten in had Oklahoma State won their final game. They lost at right. the buzzer. I forget who they played. Maybe Baylor. Uh, he dove at the end zone, was short or whatever that was. So if Oklahoma State wins the, their last game of the year, UC's out as an undefeated team. Everybody wanted TCU out last year. So I it, it, as a one loss team, as a one loss and team. a non-conference champion. So I, it, I, it'll be interesting. It'd be so awesome if this uh, this hypothetical that I threw out there happens, and we get a true case study into what the college football playoff values more than anything, and then it's all for naught because it goes yeah. to twelve teams. So like we finally figure out what they what they truly desire in the college football playoff. Kirk Herbstreit and all those guys eating Chick Fil A and drinking well, Dr Pepper. I make that joke. Is there a particular reason they have Notre Dame in, as number twenty with three losses? Same reason they have LSU at nineteen with three losses. LSU's played people though. I mean, Notre Dame's played Ohio State and I guess Louisville. USC. 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 Well, USC. Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, the, the two of their three three losses are to teams that are in the top 11. That's fair. I don't and know. even some of their other games weren't against a bunch of patsies. I mean, Duke's not a patsy. Yeah, they beat Duke. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're, they're right where they belong. They have two uh, right Jolly wins. Jolly, always our guy, he points it out, says, just history here, fellas, November chaos always happens. This hypothetical will never happen. That's well, fair. we're about to find out. That's, uh, that's, and that's that one fair. guy, 15, keeps pounding the drum. Um uh, about this Purdue Rutgers Ohio State thing. Now look, it, 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 that one guy, fifteen. Look, I have said on this show once. I've said it fifty times in the last two weeks since this whole Michigan story broke. If Ohio State or my alma mater, Ohio University, or anybody else out there, if they are breaking the rules, I will call them out and say, throw the book out. If you've read about this story, which I'm sure you have, there is nothing that is alleged in this whole thing about anybody, Rutgers, Ohio State, or Purdue, breaking any NCAA rules. Each team got their own signs watching Michigan play while they were playing against them or got them off television, even the person who has given this information to Michigan and Michigan has now turned it over to the Big Ten. Everybody involved knows this is not illegal. Slightly unethical? Perhaps. Perhaps. You think it's unethical? I'm curious what you guys think. I, if you're playing an opponent, okay, 
And, and, but but, but let, me, let me just finish this part, and then we'll get to this. That one guy, 15. There, there's nothing illegal here. This is nothing more than a Michigan throwing a total smokescreen to divert from what's going on here. That's all this is. But unethical? What do you guys think? All, sign stealing in sports happens. That's why this Michigan thing's so weird because they went into a psychotic way to do it. Yeah. You can sign steal. You just can't have your guy dress up like a like, like a 1920s detective, stand on an opponent's sideline and do it that way with a camera in his glasses. You can't be a weirdo about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, everybody sign steals. Everybody, quote unquote, cheats. They bend the rules. I'll, I'll use that instead of cheat. They bend the rules to their advantage. So I, do I think it's immoral? Yeah, a little bit, but everybody does it. So at, at, at what's the cost? Uh, listen, I, I know I have the reputation of being the, the Ohio State hater, and, and it's for good reason. I, I, I throw a lot of shade their way. But when I look at what's going on right now and, and all this stuff, I think what Notre Dame – or my bad, what Michigan is doing – Right. They, 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 they broke the rules to an extent that no one had seen. It, it's, it's similar to what's going on with the, what happened with the Astros, and they just took things to another level. But when I hear all these Ohio State fans beat the drum and beat the drum and beat the drum about Michigan and what they're doing and all these things, about a rule that, that, that Ohio State fans had no freaking clue existed before this story came out. It's not some well-established rule. It's a, it's a rule that they well, found out I'm in not, the news. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think everybody who follows college football knows, and it's been a rule since 1994, that you are not allowed to go scout teams you in that person. Rule. Well, I mean, I did, but I'm a little, you know, I mean, look, I, I follow it. But go ahead. Please make I, your I point. don't think anybody knew that rule to the T. Yeah. When, when well, it comes obviously out, Michigan didn't know it. When, when it comes out, they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, maybe you shouldn't be able to do that. But no one was like, I think this, I think these teams are, are, are getting, are getting signs and all this stuff. And it truly feels like to me, and you guys, listen, you can call me the Ohio State hater and everything like that. It feels like Ohio State is grasping at something to get Michigan out of their way easier than just beating them straight up. Wait a minute now. How, how, what, what, does, what does Ohio State have anything to do with this Michigan thing? The Ohio State fans it, are just beating the drum. They should be punished. They should do all this okay, stuff. Okay, and what are the Michigan fans doing at all this? I mean, it, look, if you want to They're be appalled by the style. Ohio State fans, hey – have you read some of the chat stuff on all these different articles from some of the Michigan fans? I mean, come on. They were caught red-handed breaking rules. And, 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 and this, this Ohio State thing, I'm not saying it's, it's certainly on a slippery slope. I will say that without a doubt. But when people say this stuff that was going on at Michigan, everybody does it. That's total BS. Total BS. Or we would know about it, especially now. Because when a story like this breaks about anything in life, in society, all of a sudden, here they come, the cockroaches out of the woodworks, to start saying, well, I know this guy did this, and I got proof that that guy did that, and I know that this school did that, and I know that that team did that. There would be stories all over the place, coast to coast. Now, maybe there are teams doing it, and they just haven't been caught. That's a possibility. Which is likely. Do you, do right. you think that Michigan should get to play in the Big Ten Championship game? This year. Well, here. Because I can tell you one way to keep them out of it. Beat them. Well, there's no question about that. But the question is going to come down to 
uh, and they talked about this on the college football playoff show again last night, is the point was made, and we've said this on the show before, so they're just they're imitating our show. I mean, we know <laughs> that they watch this show. Um, but that you would be punishing the kids who have a shelf life of four or five years, right? And you would be keeping them out of a Big Ten championship game or potentially a college football playoff game. The kids who only have five years to play four. Uh, you can suspend Jim Harbaugh if you're Tony Petiti. He has that right under the sportsmanship clause inside the Big Ten bylaws. If you suspend Jim Harbaugh, when do you suspend him? There are some people think this, this story is coming down today because they're running out of time. The clock is ticking. If the conference wants Jim Harbaugh and the world wants Jim Harbaugh on the sideline against Ohio State for the last game of the year, if you're going to suspend him two games, you got to suspend him today. He would have to miss this weekend's game against Penn State and then next weekend's game, whoever they're playing. Because a weekend after that, Ohio State comes to Ann Arbor. So are you punishing the kids by suspending their coach? Okay, there's that whole thing. Right. Right. So, but there are a lot of people that think that this Michigan thing is coming down today from the Big Ten Conference. And that is certainly something worth keeping an eye on. Now, we got lots to get to today. We have Casey's famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, stink list today. Mm -hmm. We have our Power Five, which for some of us, we take it seriously. Others in this room, it's turned into uh, a laughingstock. Yeah, we've been, we've been saying that about your Power Five for a while. Ours is very serious. I don't put Ohio State number one, though. I haven't. I've always said all along, until Georgia loses, they're number one. So I've given you already a, the headlines. But one thing we've not done in a long, long time, the Ham and Eggers. Mr. President, please take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Sling it over. You know, I want to tie a bow around this before we before we get to Casey reading the ads. And I, and I just want to say one thing. And I want to clarify that. I think that if Michigan loses two games, they lose to Penn State, they lose to – if Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan – or Ohio State fans don't give a rat's ass what the final verdict is on this whole Michigan cheating scandal is. They won't because it'll all be for naught. It just seems like those who are, who are clamoring for Michigan to get some punishment, it's coming from a place of you lost two games in a row. Because if you beat Michigan this year, if you were still on this 10-game win streak against Michigan, you wouldn't be worried about it. You wouldn't be worried about it whatsoever because you would just say, well, what's it matter when it comes down to a Thanksgiving weekend? We'll beat them by 40 again, and we won't, we won't be talking about it anymore. It seems like you're a big Michigan fan. That's what it seems to me. It seems, like, it seems like you're defending Michigan, just like you defend the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett Patrick Mahomes. It's crazy. By the way, we have a super chat uh, from that one guy. Didn't beat any drum. I worked throughout the day and have been in and out. Just asked a question if it had been brought up. That one guy, that's fair. That's fair. And by the way, I, 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 I just said it in the chat. Listen, as of right now, the NCAA has said Michigan has done nothing wrong. That's what you're going off. So if you're going to suspend people for doing nothing wrong, and I, and I agree – with everybody in the chat, pretty much, that they had, they, they did something wrong. 
I mean, one guy, it's, it's unlikely that one lone wolf went out, bought his own tickets, stood on the sideline like a weirdo, like a 1920s detective with his, with his glasses and his camera and his glasses. I agree. It, it, Michigan was probably responsible. But there is no definitive proof, and that's what this is. So if you're going to suspend people without proof, I don't know where that stops. So that, that, that's my – and Mr. Mojo says in Super Chat. Be- people are saying, what about the kids? What about the kids at other schools who had opportunities that uh, – that, that team up north. That's, is that what that is? Yeah. Is that a real abbreviation? They, they are so scared of Michigan, they won't even say their name. That team up north took away because of what they did. I don't know about that. I think that's an extreme. But here's – do you think I could be a better troll against Ohio State fans than I am against Reds fans? Because no. I think I could. I don't, you don't think I could? No. Reds – no. Be, no. There's a little you, more vitriol no, there. Yeah, but I don't, you, I don't, you're not a college football guy. That's right. That so, is true. So that if is you, true. you're a Cubs guy, so uh, it, 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 it's more genuine when you troll the, the Reds fans. Yep. All right, America. Casey. Let's do those ad reads real quick. Yeah, the uh, Bengals report, which we haven't done much with the Bengals report, is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here, and I've got this... Pawnee water right here, made right in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water. Some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And that is the ad read. Hey, um, give me a breaking news sound, Elliot. Breaking news, Casey, for your alma mater. Northern Kentucky University is expanding its athletics program for the first time in in 25 years. What does that mean? Six new programs will be added to NKU, including men's volleyball, men's and women's swimming, men's and women's triathlon, and women's stunt. Whatever that is. Excuse me? What was the last one? Women's stunt. Is that like stunt cheerleading? Women's what? Stunt. Is that like stunt cheerleading? Someone so, tell me what women's stunt is. I. That's wild. Yeah, I have no idea what I women's mean, I was, stunt is. I was just waiting for women's stunt to come up. I could right. care less <laughs> about NKU football. Like, <laughs> we kidding? Horizon <laughs> League football. Jeez. Do, do would have thought that would Tell you what, football. though, that athletic yeah. director, she's done a phenomenal job over there at NKU. She's on her game. She is. She is on her game. Congrats to NKU for those yeah. new programs. But I, would, I do want to find out what women's stunts. I, it's got to be like stunt, stunt or stunts, plural. What is it? It was, it was, according to the tweet I saw, it just said women's stunt. That's got to be like stunt cheerleading, right? Molly says it's no. cheerleading. No. Molly it's gotta says, be it's gotta be cheerleading. That's Molly like, says it's cheerleading. That's when you do like cheer competitions and stuff like that. It would be cool. It would be it would be cooler if it was just stunts, like parkour. They'd walk around campus and they'd do tricks and there's and, lots of places to do parkour at NKU. A lot of concrete. A lot, over there. Of, a lot concrete. of concrete. A lot of concrete. Lawnmower man would love that campus. <laughs> that one oh, yeah, guy said, Yes, that is exactly what it is. So yeah, I was right. It's cheerleading. It's a uh, stunt cheerleading. Bring it on. Bring it on two. Bring it on three. Bring it on four. Right, uh, stunt the sport is one of the fastest growing female sports. Let's see here. Let me find this real quick. In the country. Uh, I've heard apparently about it. it's going on in high school. 
it's stunt uh, an exciting yeah. head-to-head game between two teams who execute skills-based routines in various categories. Yeah. Okay, Partner so stunts, true. jumps and tumbling, yep. pyramids and tosses, and team ru- Yes, it looks like basically uh, a highly advanced version of cheerleading. Did your, uh, did your daughter ever do uh, competitive cheer? No. My, my sister did it, and listen, if I, I'm, not, I'm not a parent yet. I plan on being a parent at some point. I will steer my kids clear, unless they really push me. I'm going to push you over. I will steer my kids clear of any of the events where it's like an all-day meet. Uh, cheerleading, we're talking wrestling, we're talking swimming, something that you've got to be at your – you've got to be at a gymnasium for eight-plus hours, and then your kid competes for about two minutes. That's cheerleading. That's swimming. That's wrestling. I, I'm, I'm, and swimming I'm and swimming so much worse because it's it's in the heat. You're in the humidity of that pool. Right. Oh, it's terrible. I it's mu- just terrible. I'd much rather be at a ball field for eight hours and my kid at least plays like three games, right? Yeah. I can do soccer where you're playing three games in a day, but at least it's it's com- it's action. When you're at a when you're at a convention center for competitive cheer for eight hours and then your daughter rolls on up there and it, listen, it's a great thing. Girls love it. My sister loved it, but uh. I just won't be there for eight hours. I'm not going to be there for eight hours for. for oh, a two when you have routine. kids, you'll be there for eight hours. Trust oh, me when I tell gosh. you. You it, can say whatever you want to say, but when that day day comes, and every and all of you out there who have kids know exactly what I'm saying. This isn't even a debatable topic. Whatever it is that they are into that keeps them out of trouble, whether it's swimming, whether it's stunts, whether it's competitive cheering. Whether it's uh, track meets that last forever in a day, and, track and, meets are another one. Gosh, uh, uh, listen, you're 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 gonna be there. Yeah, I will. You're you're, you're right. There. I don't want to be, but I'll be there. You'll be there, and you'll want to be there. I saved my dad the time. I had the last. I I ran track for a couple years, and I had one event at the very beginning, one event at the very end, every single time. Well, that's good for a parent, though. Because in that way, if you're saying, you know, at your local high you school, off and you, you, can, you can come in, watch your first event. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's actually I, a, a better deal. And then if you want to leave for a while, you run a couple of errands, you got to go to the dry cleaner, you got to go to the grocery store, you got to do whatever you got to do. And then you get back in time to catch your act at the end. That's big league operation there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just, told him not to bo- I just told him not to bother. They only this put the stars good. in at the beginning and at the end. So that must have been where you were. One of the stars. I don't know about that, Tom. I don't know about that. I can see it, Casey. I can see it. You got the look. The look? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 you know, you're my, mom, my mom told me she, if, I, if I participated in bowling, she wouldn't come to the matches. Yeah, see, bowling's fine. Bowling? Bowling's I don't, fine. Well, I, that's just what I was told. My mom's like, yeah, if you do bowling, I'm not coming. And that was, you what know, is that hurt my wrong feelings. with bowling? I don't know. It's my my. I'm and telling that you, that is a big West Side deal, man. It is. Oh, it is. I it's, mean, Hoinky Lanes over there and everything. They got it going on. They had forever Irv Hoinky. I mean, I used to do. You're, hey, listen. You're talking about one of the great broadcasters of bowling of all time. How many matches? I did for three years. Every well, in the winter months. <laughs> in the winter months, the old Hudipole king of TV bowling. We would get up on, after doing the sports on a Saturday night, the night before on Channel 5, hit the streets in Mount Adams till about 3A, basically sleep in the clothes I had on from the night before, wake up at 530A, 
go to whatever bowling lane that, that, that where we were having it that week, from the west side to the north side to the east side, every point in between. Dead a winner, 538. Started taping at 638. <laughs> and you would be there on a Sunday morning at 6.30 A, and you would have these competitors, and you would have probably 150 people that were there, and they were drinking beer. I love that. It was a big league operation. And, and you are, see, an it's elite, not me, elitist it's my family mom. again. It, an elitist family it is, again. It's, it's interesting. My, if you look at you local. look down your nose at that. You look at local high schools. Like, we'll take the, the GMC Greater Miami Conference, which is all the big uh, public schools in the area. You look at who, who wins in golf. It's Sycamore, Mason, Lakota East, those schools. Who wins in swimming? Those same schools that I just mentioned. Sycamore, Mason, Lakota East. You look well, at who— Well, St. X wins in all the swimming. Well, I'm swimming. saying in, GM, in the GMC. Oh, okay, okay. In the right. GMC. All right. So then you look at uh, another tennis. Tennis, another high flute in sport. Sycamore, Mason, Lakota East, Lakota West. You look at bowling. Who wins in bowling in the GMC? Hamilton, Middletown, Colerain, Oak Hills. It's just so funny, the, no the difference about that. Hamilton State Champions two years ago. I was really good at Wii bowling. Mm. You ever have a Wii, Tom? Mm. The Wii? Oh, yeah, yeah, Video yeah, game yeah. thing? No, 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 no. I, I wasn't, I'm too old for that. No, you're not. You no, were, my kids have had it. You, you were in the prime of your life during when the Wii was out. It was early 2000s, 2005. 2005, I was 42 years old. The prime of no. your life. Your no. life, Tom. No. That's prime of your life is right now. Right now. We need a chatterbox bowling tournament, says Jolly Jolly. I agree with him. I agree. Now, there's a sport, Elliot, although I have to say, before we get on to uh, all of our rankings and so forth, I must bring this up. So yesterday after the show was over, like the big movie premiere, right, we had the pummeling at Potter's Field. 35 minutes edited to a golf match, nine-hole golf match of Elliot against Sean Spurlock. Now, I had no idea what this thing was going to look like. I got to tell you. So I had to meet a guy who was doing some work in our house. So I, I was able to stick around here for about the first 20 minutes of the show. And then I had to leave. And I was bummed I had to leave. If any of you watch it, you'll know what I mean. It's actually great content. It's funny. It's competitive. It, it, it was a really good show. And so last night... I go back home to watch the last 15 minutes. And I got to tell you, did you edit that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I edited it. I put it all together, and Casey helped me with some of the graphics stuff there. And, yeah, so Casey and I did it, did it all. That was, it, was, it, was, it was a good time, though. That was a big-time show. And we have— And you were doing all you could to spit the bit at the end. You went in the last two holes with a, what, four- or five-shot lead? Yep. I'm not going to give away what happened here. He was eating a sandwich. I was eating a sandwich you in his were. face. You were. You, you were marking your ball with a half-eaten P, B, and J. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I thought it was funny. Listen, I, and by the way, Tom, I don't know if you know this. Tomorrow after the show, we're going out for round two. The match round two will be filmed tomorrow. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Where, where, what is the venue? Potter National again? No, we will be going to my home course, Houston Woods. Oh, that's a big league place. That is a big league place. That's a tough place. track. That's a tough track. It is. I, I'm going to ask. I'm gonna Houston ask, Woods in Oxford? Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm that's gonna, a nice place. I'm, I love Houston. I love it. I'm going to ask them 
I'm going to ask them to play the back nine because on the back nine, if you've played Houston Woods, they have a hole where it's 200 over water. I would love to see me and Sean try to fight that. I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Houston Woods, tough track. Looking that forward. is a beautiful area. Man, is that nice up there. They still got that Houston Woods uh, lodge up yeah, there. Yeah, they just time. renovated it. Yeah. Just renovated That's it. It's really, really nice. Really nice. All right. Uh, do we want to begin with Power 5 or the Casey McAllister stink list? Where would we like well, to begin? Let's do Power 5. All right, let's go. Who's starting? Reed? Reed, yeah. <laughs> lead, Reed. Let me lead off. Yeah, let me lead off. Got I got the speed. I put the ball in play. Let, let me lead off. Man, let me be the leadoff hitter. We'll go with uh, my NFL. Okay. Listen, Tom, you, you might notice a trend there at the NFL, and there's a new, new team up at the top. There's four AFC teams mm. in the top five, and that is simply because the AFC is much better than the NFC. Yes. Every division in the AFC has a 500 or better record when they're not playing in their division. Three out of the four in the NFC have a, have a losing record. So I'm looking at the Ravens. I truly don't think anybody's playing better football than them at this very moment. They're beating, they're blowing out good teams. The Seahawks are a good team, yeah. and they just took them to the woodshed. You might say, listen, Reed, I know the Kansas City Chiefs got a win over the, the Dolphins, but they only scored 21 points. Their offense only scored tw um, 14. The Chiefs played maybe their best half of the season in that first half against the Dolphins. They looked very, very good. That first drive looked like, looked like the Chiefs' offense of old. Now, there are some problems there. There are some problems with their offense going forward. I imagine someone got me in the chat. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. The Jaguars, um, they started out 1-2. They're on a five-game win streak. No one has looked better than the Bengals over the past two weeks, um, beating the Bills, beating the 49ers in dominating fashion. I got to have the Eagles up there. They're, they're, they're just a solid, solid team. Uh, Jalen Hurts is one of the best in the league. Tom, here's a stat for you. Two teams in the NFL have three wins against five win teams. Do you know who they are? Eagles? Nope. Really? Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens. Wow. How about so, that? How about that? It's a big league stat. It is a big league stat. All right, that was my top five. My top five. Uh, we're do so the NFL again. I'm very serious. The NFL and in, in college <laughs> ranking. So here, here we go. go. Uh, number one, here Eagles. We go. You can't disagree with the Eagles. They're eight and one. It's the best team. It's the best team in the NFL without question. Uh, number two, we have the Chiefs again. Reed said it. Patty Mahomes still the goat. They still got Kelsey. They they're, they're still all right. The defense has been very very good this year. Patrick Mahomes has said that it's the best defense he's ever had in Kansas City. They're fine. They're still going to go to an AFC Championship game. The three, the, the number three spot goes to the Ravens. Ravens should maybe be above the Chiefs in my rankings, but right now they're number three. I, I don't think that's bad. I think the Ravens are a little bit fraudulent when it comes to Lamar having to throw to scrubs. Again, I, I know Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a ton of guys either, but, I mean, Lamar's guys have openly dropped passes all season long. Jaguars at four. He dropped passes in they're, one game. They're one game, and he never forgets. <laughs> you guys like an elephant. It's the one game. Never ja forgets anything. They had nine dropped passes in they're, that game. Their wide nine. receivers have been good every other game. They've been fine. They have not been good. Super Bowl winning coach Brian good. Billick they, said that the Ravens have a good wide receiving core today on the show. They have accumulated like 200 yards. Like their number one receiver is uh, – well, 
names. I'm well, because they run for three hundred. Zay, Flow- Zay Flowers. What, how many yards does he have? I'll pull it up. You 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 finish through All right. your top five. Number four, uh, Jaguars. They have a cake schedule. They play in that joke of a division. Uh, and number five, we have the Falcons. If Desmond Ritter gives is given a second chance, uh, I think they could really do uh, something special over there in the <laughs> NFC South. You know what's crazy is when I was doing the, 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 the rankings, Yeah, they almost have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. That is crazy. In, in yards. And I know that doesn't translate to points, but yardage-wise, that's pretty nuts. Baltimore, that. Baltimore Ravens have two guys that are near 500 yards receiving. Mark Andrews has 477. Zay Flowers has 472. Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckman have 220 yards. That's not good. I mean, they've uh, 470 and 4, 440. Those are top 20 in the league, right? I suppose. Well, I mean, it's pretty good. That, I mean, that's there, there's two on one team, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty saying. good. By the way, uh, many are saying that both of you guys, you and uh, Sean, are in for the nightmare of nightmares out at Houston Woods. It's my home course. These guys don't know, Tom. I, I play Houston Woods well. I love Houston Woods. I have gotten it over. I've played Houston Woods probably 10 times in my life. I have gotten it over the water with my five iron, my trusty five iron. I've gotten over it pretty much every single time except for a couple. A couple. I've had a couple shanks. It gets in my head. Other than that, I love it. The hole right before it, I kill that hole every time too. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember throughout the course. Hole, hole 18, that's a par three over water again. Love it. Easy, easy hole there. I'm going to beat Sean again. I, I'm going to put him to bed. We're going to end this match thing, and then I'm on to Reed. Ooh, okay. All right, Tom, you're next. My top five, I am going with the Eagles. I mean, they've lost once, period, and and those numbers don't lie, 3 and 13. Now, the next two teams, their numbers, uh, one more loss, yes, but I got the Ravens, too. And I got to tell you, the Chiefs, who I've always had in the top two, they are starting to drop, not just a third, but, yes, they keep winning. They keep winning. I get it. I get it. But... There is something wrong with that offense. Their defense, you see, number four overall, they look great. The Bengalis are red hot. Uh, They are creeping up quickly. And then this weekend, we're going to find out about the 49ers. Because if I'm not mistaken, the 49ers play the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend in Jacksonville. Losers of three in a row, the formerly high-flying 49ers. 49ers have lost three in a row. Jacksonville Jaguars are 12 and three over their last 15 games. So after starting three and seven last year, they are 12 and three. Jaguars. 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 I, I noticed that you didn't have them in your top five, Tom. I don't. They've won five in a row. I understand. I'm just not buying them. I'm not buying them. Uh, they, you know, look, it's not to say that they can't get there and earn their way there. I just think right now. And basically, it's a play off who I think is going to win this weekend. Okay. And I think the Niners are not going to lose four in a row. Okay. What would that say if the Niners do lose four in a row? They're in, then, then they've got some major issues. Because just four weeks ago, we were talking about this team. Like, go ahead and pencil them in the NFC Championship game. This is the best team in the league, bar none. One of the best rosters that we've seen put together ever. And here they are playing one of the best teams in the NFL to potentially lose their fourth straight game. Is Debo Samuel back this week? Do we know the answer to that question? I do not know. Their left tackle is not back. Trent not Williams. Back. That's Trent, a big blow. Trent Williams is not back. 
and I think that over the past few years, they're like three. He's missed some games. They're like three and seven or something like that when he doesn't play. It's not good. It's not a good record. That is definitely not a good record. Um, yeah, they've got Thibo uh, still on that uh, injured list, right? Or not, uh, not IR, but um, he did practice yesterday. Okay. So he uh, returned to practice. Trent Williams is still sidelined. Um, Chase Young is good to go. He got nicked up a little bit last week, his first game as a Niner. All right, Casey, here we go. For those of you that don't know, we have our stink list. College. Are we doing college? We're doing college. Oh, I'm sorry. Reed, lead us off once again. Listen, when it comes to uh, when it comes to college, there's some things that are just higher than you. When it comes to being a man, there are some things that are higher than you, right? The the laws of man given down from God. I give my power rankings to the college football playoff because they're just above me. So if it's good enough for the college football playoff, that's who I trust. So they've got Ohio State as number one. Yeah, they're the best team in the country. They got Georgia at number two, second best team in the country. Going, going on down, I'm just a humble guy from Hamilton, Ohio. So I just give my duties for the top five teams in college football to the college football playoff, Kirk Herbstreet and those guys eating Chick-fil-A and drinking Dr. Pepper in their, mm-hmm. their, their little room. They're yeah. not even in that room. You guys, that is a tired shtick. That room is down in Grapevine, Texas. Yeah. And when they did that show last night, yeah. Boo Corrigan, who's the head of the college football playoff committee this year, He's down there, and they took a shot of all the guys kind of hanging out. The only AD who wasn't there of the 14 guys was an AD from uh, Michigan, Wade Manuel, because he's dealing with all the stuff going on back there right now. Uh, so they're in Grapevine, Texas. Herbie was right here in Cincinnati where he lives, working out of his home office, and the rest of the guys were in Connecticut. Uh, well, so Herbie still, is was... not down there eating. Chick-fil-A. He might be eating Chick-fil-A, Drinking but he is not – eating Chick-fil-A and drinking Dr. Pepper and making decisions in Grapevine, Texas. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's, just, it's what I see. It's what I see. Mm-hmm. Elliot, your top five. Top five. College. Everybody knows I love college sports. Here we go. Yes. At number one, we have Georgia. Georgia is elite. Georgia has never lost a game ever. Number two, we have Florida State. Honestly, I can't tell you much about them. I know they're undefeated, and that's all I care about. Uh, they're number two. They're, they're damn good. And is their schedule easy going forward? I'm pretty sure it is, right? I mean, the yeah. ACC is a joke. Uh, Michigan, as of right now, the Well, G- wait a minute now. I mean, I tell you, it's one of the more interesting games that has a chance to happen is Florida State against Louisville. Okay. Louisville's pretty damn good. I'll yeah, take, Sat's coaching two teams, right, Coach Sat? I, the Coach Sat is coaching two teams. One of the teams is doing real good. <laughs> He's, Sat's almost got a top 10 team over there. Uh, and he has a top 10 Heisman winner, uh, Heisman competitor in Emory Jones. Number three, we have Michigan, the cheaters. Listen, if they're going to keep cheating, they're going to keep winning. So I love them at number three. Number four, we have Baden High School. They're 12-0, and Tom. They haven't lost a game, a regular season game in 45 years. They're playing in the uh, high school, regional, who gives a shit. And then, so, so I think I, I love their chances to get to the high school state finals and then lose there. Uh, number five, we have the at number five we have the Carolina Panthers. If the Carolina Panthers played in college sports, if they if they if, they, if, they, if this was a college team, Carolina Panthers uh, would be really good. They'd they'd be top five for sure. They're one and seven right now in the NFL. But again, it's just because they have more college talent. So I, if you translate the 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 college or the NFL team to the college league, we'd be fine. Carolina Panthers. 
Tom, Baden, Baden plays Wapakoneta this week. You know who's a famous alum of Wapakoneta? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Meanwhile, Baden's famous alum is like ba Reed Mouse. Who do you think's more distinguished, Neil Armstrong or Reed Mouse? Well, it all depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. One it of us. All depends on what you're talking about. One of us does a, a very uh, helps on a very serious sports show, and That's the other right. the other one faked a moon landing. So. All right, college football. I told you all along, I'm staying with Georgia until they lose. And they had another big injury last week. Remember, they lost Brock Bowers three weeks ago. Where's, where's Michigan? Okay. And you have their linebacker, start linebacker, who just broke his arm in the game the other day against uh, Missouri. Florida State undefeated three, Washington undefeated four. I have Texas five. I don't have Michigan in there simply because... Because why? Because th th this whole thing of an allegation, it's, Tom. It's it's oh, it's more than an allegation. Allegation, Tom. It's more than an allegation. It, it, they are blatantly and it blatantly cheated. Now, who knew about it? Who didn't know about it? I don't know, and I hope we find out. But I can't put them in there. I just can't do it. And make no mistake, on the field they have looked, in my opinion, the best of all the teams out there. They have been the most dominant team with beyond a shadow of a doubt in college football this year. They have been. But, you know, when you start looking back these last two years, even the most ardent Michigan fan, you, you do have to ask yourself this question, okay? <laughs> even if you hate Ohio State. This is ridiculous. And you, and you, and you love, you do have to ask yourself this question. The three years prior to 2021, when this sign-stealing operation started. Alleged. With Connor Stallions, allegedly. Michigan was losing to Michigan State. They were losing to Indiana. There were people at Michigan that wanted Jim Harbaugh fired because Urban Meyer and early on Ryan Day were beating their brains in. They weren't even a 500 team most years in the Big Ten. And now all of a sudden in 21 and 22, and here in 23, they've lost one conference game in the last two plus years. It has to make you ask the question, does the sign stealing have anything to do with it. And if you say it has nothing to do with it, you are clearly wearing maize and blue completely, not, not like where there's a little sunlight coming in on the side. It's those shades you used to buy when I was a kid that had the little leather thing wrapped around so no sunlight could get in. That's what you'd be wearing. Not saying it has everything to do with it because they got great players. And I've always said Harbaugh is a great football coach. I believe that with all my heart. He is a great football coach. He'd be one of the top five coaches in the NFL. He was when he was there. He's one of the top five college coaches, no doubt about it. But this whole thing reeks, and you know it, and I know it. Alleged. Tom, come on. It's just because you guys haven't beat him in two years. That's Got why nothing, you're beating well, You know what? But, but, does, but does the sign stealing have anything to do with that? How does... 
How does C.J. Stroud in Ohio State's offense does it have anything put to do with Ohio 42 on the board against Georgia what last is- year in the national semifinal? And they averaged 24 a game in two meetings with Michigan the two prior years after their team averaging outside of every other game they played. And Ohio State doesn't play a bunch of stiffs out of conference. That team scored average 40 nine points per game and they're getting in the 20s against Michigan and then they play Georgia and they go back in the 40s you mean to tell me that's not more than just coincidence Tom what was Urban's last year um 2019 2020 18 19 something like that they put 60 on the board against Michigan 60 I'm just trying to do some math on when his last, 60. Re- his last recruiting class would have been Urban. right around 2021. It's a leader of men. Would be seniors. Not pro men, but college men. So Ryan Day's guys <laughs> get in there and they can't get the job done. That's all I see. Well, you know what? And he's got to win that. Sounds a lot like now, Austin says their recruiting is better. Austin, I agree with you. 100%. Talking about Michigan. Derby it's stardom. better than it was four years ago. They've had a lot of NFL draft picks. And I am not, Austin, the biggest homer you've ever seen. I'm just asking you a question. I'm not making a statement. I'm not making an argument in favor of it. I'm just asking you the question. Is there a possibility, now that we know about this sign-stealing stuff that went on at Michigan, for the last two years, is there a possibility, Austin, possibility, You can put it at 5% if you want. But is there a possibility that with C.J. Stroud as the quarterback, where Ohio State had the number one scoring offense in college football the last two years, averaging almost 50 points per game, that all of a sudden they play Michigan and they're averaging 25 two years in a row, and then they go play Georgia – the back-to-back national championship team, and Ohio State puts 41 on them in a bowl game? You're telling me that you don't even put a fraction of a possibility that that had something to do with sign stealing? Come on, Austin. You're better than that. All right, Derby Stardom with a $10 Super Chat. Tom's editorial on Michigan is spot on. Michigan doesn't belong in the top five. Not only Texas, but Alabama might be ahead of Michigan also. Oh, and by the way, uh, as it's pointed out also in the chat, Austin, back to you again. I'm not picking Mm. a fight here. We appreciate you being here. But, okay, TCU. Texas Christian University. Played Michigan the game after Ohio State. Now, there was a month stretch there of not playing. But TCU played against Michigan the game after Michigan played Ohio State. We've already learned that Sonny Dykes, and this isn't like making stuff up here. Sonny Dykes has already admitted We had heard all these rumors about Michigan stealing signs. He changed his entire 
operation of the way he gave signs to Max Duggan, the quarterback, okay, changed the whole thing. And they put, what, 50 on Michigan? In the college football playoff? What was the final of that game? It wasn't close, Tom. It well, no, it was close. It was like 52-48. But I'm saying, TCU, so look at those last 51-45. two. The, the only common denominator in this whole thing is Michigan, okay? So, from their defensive standpoint, Ohio State doesn't know that they're stealing the signs. They hold them to 25-24 back-to-back years. The next game after Ohio State last year, they give up 50 to TCU, who says they had known all about this Michigan thing or had heard rumors about it, and they were changing the way they run the whole thing. They put 50 on Michigan. Ohio State puts 24-25 on Michigan, and they score 41 against Georgia. This is. I mean, this is more than coincidence, boys. Uh, Tom, I, you should, Tom, Tom, you, Tom, you need to get ESPN 30 for 30 in here, and we'll do a documentary on this. That's what we need, because I think that's where we are. I, th- there needs to be a full-on investigation, not by the NCAA, but by Tom. See, Austin Tom just – and I love Austin. I mean, I'm glad he's here, but he keeps pointing, well, did the sign stealing have anything to do with um, – uh, Donovan uh, going off for two 80-yard runs in the game. I don't know. I don't know. Michigan has beaten Ohio State two years in a row, and good for them, unless they did it by cheating. I'm just asking you, Austin, are, is there not at least a little more than just some pretty serious circumstantial evidence here based on series of events that took place before during, and after. That's all I'm asking you. The possibility. All Which right, would- Casey, stink list time. Let's go. All right, stink list. Here we go. This is the week 10 edition, the NFL edition of the stink list. And as you all know, I like to now reveal the stink list as we go through the list in the, t- in the tiers. And uh, we're starting with... The nauseating part of this list. This is uh, a group that I just – these are all teams I just can't stand at the current moment. They, you can't stand or this is where they belong? That's where I just can't stand them. I don't know. Sign. They probably – some of them deserve probably to be in putrid. Some of them probably deserve to be maybe a little higher. But like the Raiders, like they just got a nice win. So I didn't feel like they deserved to be in putrid. Uh, Packers, they got a win too. Like I don't feel yeah. like these teams are as bad as people make them out to be, but they're definitely not great. They're not the best teams in the NFL. That's by pretty much Casey, by the way, I yeah. agree with all the teams on this list, so you're, you're off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. So then get to the stench. I promised, <laughs> I promised Sean that I would not have the Browns in putrid because you know what they don't deserve to be in putrid at the current mm. moment they've been winning some ball games okay they completely shut out the cardinals i give them their props they made it into stench this week and they're you know oh when you look gosh. at the how they they go up against they stack up against the rest of the league i feel like that's a pretty good part in the list right here i mean the saints i feel like they're not as bad as you guys make them out to be 
They, they're I think terrible. Pittsburgh's the worst five. Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. Five-win team, but I just don't trust the Vikings <laughs> at the current moment. Uh, Falcons, they're just dropping like like a rock. Uh, yeah, that, that's the stench part of this list. Let's continue. I, 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 I'm just I, – I'm perplexed more and more every week. Please continue. Yeah, Why do you uh, have the Saints ahead of the, the Steelers? They're a better football team than the Steelers. Dumb. They're Mouse Cop team says team. Skip Bayless is 10 times better than us. That's pretty lame from your boy Mouse Cop. Uh, Bills, Dallas, Seattle, they all stink right now. They just – they're good teams, but they stink. Like, they'll probably, they'll probably make it to a wild card spot, and they'll lose that game. That's how I feel about these three teams. They just – I agree. I agree. Wrong with I agree with the Cowboys. I agree. The other two teams, not so much. These three teams – I would have dropped. I would have dropped Miami a little bit more, but they did play uh, the Chiefs, um, one of the best teams in the NFL, and they almost, you know, came back to to to, to at least tie did the Buffalo game. Buffalo so. beat Miami this year. Uh, they yeah, did by twenty, by like fifty. Tom they Casey, did. how do you have the Jaguar, the Jaguars below the Fins? The Fins don't, don't have a single win over a team that has a winning record. The Jags, Jags are a bit fraudulent too, in my opinion. Borderline. I, 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 I'm, Borderline. I'm, with, I'm with Tom on it. I think they're Borderline. a little, a little, yeah, a little They beat the Bills. The Bills beat the Finns by 30. Yeah, but in that same game, in that same same exact game, Buffalo lost like two or three of their all-star defensive players. I just think if the Bills were healthy, I think they'd be a lot higher. How about that? They'd be a lot higher, but they're just not healthy. Uh, Josh Allen loves to stink it up when it matters most, so... Those are my teams in the odorless category. And then we go to the fresh category. Um, these three teams here uh, all have great Super Bowl hopes. I think uh, San Francisco, they've just been dealing with injuries. I think if they had Trent Williams, they had Debo, they would be winning some more ball games. Uh, be definitely a lot closer against the Bengals than what they were. I still think that this team is one of the best teams in the NFL, despite what their record says. We're moving on to the uh, exquisite category. The Texans, they're the number one team in the That's NFL true. right now. If the Bengals true. beat the Texans, man, the Bengals have true. to be the number one yep. team in the NFL. Yep. And then, of course, we got the Eagles right behind the Bengals. I think uh, those two teams, they're neck and neck in terms of roster, uh, in terms of how well they're performing in the NFL right now. They're just slightly behind C.J. Stroud and the Texans. But, yeah, those are my – my top teams, echelon teams right now in the NFL. Okay. And then we get to what everyone's been waiting for. Yes. Putrid. The putrid. These teams oh have now God. sneaked into the putrid part of the NFL season. We're halfway through the NFL season, and I see no light at the end of their tunnels. That's how I feel. Like, they need a, another year after this year to still rebuild and get to where they want to go. Giants, they just got rid of Leonard Williams, their defense, looking really, really bad now. Same with Washington. They had a fire sale at the trade deadline. Patriots, they Patriots, they, uh, they, they, uh, they, they beat the Patriots, Elliot. That's why they're, they're ahead of yeah, the Patriots. Yeah, but they're 4-5. and five. If you look at the NFC. Uh, they the, they the, just the, lost all their defensive stars. I don't, expect them, I don't expect them to win another game the rest of the year. And then same with Patriots. <laughs> they just stink. Cardinals. They just got rid of their best quarterback, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, but they got um, Kyler Murray back this week. I said what I said. They got rid of their best quarterback in Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. <laughs> that was a mistake. And then uh, the Panthers, man, they should not have traded 
um, what they did. Uh, they, they traded for, for Bryce Young. I think that was a really bad mistake at this point. Um, yeah, they, they, they're in the putrid list. I think they're going to need a couple of years to recover from that trade. Okay, so. well, All right. Digest this one more time here. Yep. Well, let me, let me, if you can figure it out, please send a message. All right, Casey. So your, your team that you think is odorless, the Miami Dolphins, they're sitting at six and three. Correct. Their six wins are against the Broncos, two against the Patriots, one against the Giants, and one against the Panthers. That's right. The Commanders, their four wins are against the Patriots, the Broncos, the Cardinals, mm. and the Falcons. They have almost identical wins. Well, they have two less wins. I, I get it. But neither team has wins over five teams over 500. I, I get what you're saying. I just think that they're going to eventually figure it out. I think that they played one of the best teams in the AFC, and they barely lost. Let's, like, no, let's not act like they got blown out. Like I feel like they put up a good fight in the second half. They were down their best running back. I don't know. I think, I think Devon A-Chain makes a big difference in this offense. I'm giving them... At first, I was really hard on them because mm. they lost. Right. But when you look at the game as a whole, I think they showed that they could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs if they really were That's at full strength. That's a fair statement. I, listen, because I, they're I also down Armstead. Like, what? They were one fumble six away from a win. The Dolphins are frauds until they beat a team over 500. I don't think, I'm not trying to say that the Commanders and the Dolphins – are, are the, on the same category. I'm saying the commanders need to be a little more respected going forward. Two of the, the commanders' losses, they put up 30 points on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but 30 you, points <laughs> on the Eagles. They just lost like half their defense. Dang. They just traded away half of their defense. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only reason why they're down there. It's because they've already admitted to the NFL that they're ready to move on and rebuild. So I'm that's just, why they're down there to begin with. I will be absolutely shocked. I think the, I think the Dolphins are going to get into the postseason. I will be absolutely shocked if they win a playoff game. <laughs> absolutely shocked. That's silly. I think that's silly too. I think that's silly. But I, in the same vein, I will be surprised if the Jaguars make it past make it past the divisional round. A lot of people love the Jaguars right now. I don't well, love them as much. I know. I'm just saying. Like I think I think both those teams can win a playoff game. And that's why they're in the same category with the Lions. I think those – just got to throw it up on the screen again. Those three teams, the Jags, Miami, and the Lions, I think can all win a playoff game, but I don't think they make it much further than yeah, that. I'm I, think they all have, I, I think they all have flaws. Although, you know, you, you, say that, you, you say that, but then you ask yourself the question, okay? Let's just, you know, let, let, let's say Cleveland wins its first uh, playoff game. I'll just pick them out of a hat, yeah. okay? Now – we know Cleveland's defense is great. We, we've seen their offense really struggle, and, and it remains to be seen if Watson gets better as the season goes on. Okay, fine, now that he's back. But, I mean, I'm with you 100% on, on, on the Jaguars. Uh, not so much the Dolphins. I don't see them winning a playoff game. But uh, the Lions as well. But, but I'm going to stick with the Jaguars for a minute. Um, let's say Cleveland had to go play at Jacksonville in the second round. Just hypothetically. 
And I could see Jacksonville winning that game. In the second round of the playoffs? Yeah. So that would, that would be the divisional round? Um, I could see Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville is an upper, upper, upper echelon team. But depending on who they play and where they play them, if you look at the teams in the AFC right now, I mean, as we sit here right now, all four teams in the AFC North are in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Could I see Jacksonville beating Pittsburgh second game? Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland second game? Yeah. You know who the Jags are? And we're going to find out about the Bengals playing down in Jacksonville. The, the Jaguars. They play down there this year. Yeah, December 5th. The Jaguars are a poor man's Bengals, like from top to bottom. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Who would you rather have, Joe Burrow? Travis Etienne and, and Joe Mixon, you can have an argument there. But then you go to Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase. Christian Kirk, T. Higgins. Evan Ingram, Tyler Boyd. The offensive line the Bengals got, I mean, Jaguars might have just improved that. We haven't seen much of that yet. But I would have taken the Bengals' offensive line then. Jaguars defensive line. They have Josh Allen and they have Travion Walker, who's not proven anything yet so far. But I would much rather have our defensive line with DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. And BJ Hill. And BJ Hill. You look at the secondary. I mean, I could just keep going and they're You're literally right. just a poor man's there. Bengals. That's a good analogy. That is a very astute analogy. I, I think that the reason people aren't giving the Jet the Jaguars enough credit. Is because yeah, you are. he keeps doing it. Just like a car commercial. <laughs> he keeps doing it. I don't know if he's doing it on. If you're gonna do that, at least what? use your British accent. Hello, Jaguar. Jaguars. The reason people aren't giving the Jaguars enough credit <laughs> is simply because of their their team name. That is the only reason. No, they're twelve and three over their last fifteen games. They won a postseason game last year, and still they people. Did. People aren't giving them enough credit. They'd rather give credit to the Miami Dolphins. Well, I'm since, not giving any of the Dolphins. Since Tua has joined the league in 2020, same draft since he's played over the last three years, Tua has won just three games. Zero games against a team over 500. They've won just three games against teams that have made the postseason. Yeah, they're a fraud. I'm with you all the way on Miami. All right, we got uh, 10 minutes left in the show, and you have – Top five. Yeah, and we do have a cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go into to my top five. Casey, bring it on. All right, here bring we go. Bring it on over here. Listen, here we go. The Bengals have been playing very good football, guys. They've been playing very good football. They were preseason one of the top dogs, um, betting favorites to win the Super Bowl, and they've, over the past two weeks, over the past three weeks, have certainly lived up to the acclaim that they got before the year. So I started thinking, all right, if the Bengals keep playing like this, I don't think anybody can stop them. The question is, can they keep playing like this? So I started looking, what can stop the Bengals from winning the Super Bowl? Oh, boy. So without further ado, my top five this week are the five things that can stop the Bengals from winning the Super Bowl. Coming in at number five is, and this kills me to say, it truly does, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a serious top five here. The Cleveland Browns, for some reason, Joe Burrow is 5-1 against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but he can't beat the Cleveland Browns. Every year, every game that they play, True. we get excited. We're like, hey, this is the time. I mean, we're playing better than them. We're doing better than them. Let's go show them that we're the Bengals and they're the godforsaken Browns. And every time 
the Browns just whip up on them. So I'm scared to death of Week 18 being the reason that the Bengals don't make the postseason. I'm scared that it's the reason that they don't get a home playoff game. All those things, the Browns are the fifth reason why the Bengals might not win the Super Bowl. Okay, fair. Coming in at number four, this is the reason the Bengals started one and three, and that's Joe Burrow's calf. Now, I, I know you don't want to see that picture. No, you don't want to see that picture. That was when he got hurt back in the preseason. But Joe Burrow's calf, if, if it flares up again, he's looked damn good recently. But if it flares up again, we're going back to, to the one and three star. You're all over. It. Yeah, it's, it's over. You're right. It's absolutely over. So if Joe Burrow's calf, he has a flare up, then listen, the, the Bengals aren't doing what you're what we want them to do. Can I ask you one question before we get to the top three? Yeah. Is this about to go south again? No. Very serious, Tom. It's a very serious. Because you might be asking, what could be more detrimental to the Bengals than Joe Burrow's health? And a number three is, listen, we're going to go to Burrowhead again in the AFC Championship. It's the refs. I mean, they, they just get behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes pays them. Everyone knows that the NFL wants a big market like Kansas City to be in the Super Bowl every year. So it's the refs in Burrowhead. I mean, that phantom late hit, Joseph Asai, that put him in field goal range, the flop. I mean, what are we talking about? The refs are the only reason, or the, or the third reason, why the Bengals can't get back to the Super Bowl and win. All right, as we head into number two, I look at the Bengals roster. And I say, this is a roster that can win the Super Bowl. Please, please, please don't let anything happen to this roster. Who is best at dismantling a roster in professional sports? So what scares me is that the Bengals get crawled. I mean, everyone knows that Nick Crawl just <laughs> absolutely just kills Good rosters. Well, I mean, he makes the trades with the Minnesota Twins. What do the Twins do this year? That's right. Absolutely nothing. They didn't win a postseason game. Who's another frequent trader with the Cincinnati Reds and Nick Crawl? The Miami Marlins. What'd they do this year? Exactly. Absolutely nothing. They constantly are trading with the Seattle Mariners. They didn't make the postseason last year. They weren't up for the AL West this year. So getting crawled is absolutely a way that the Bengals cannot make the Super Bowl. And coming in at number one, over getting crawled is, I think you guys knew where this was going. If Drew Sample gets hurt, the season's over. We can't let Drew Sample get hurt. He is our national treasure. He is the main reason that we have gotten to uh, four, one four games in a row, five and three in the league. I mean, if Drew Sample goes down, then, then we should just go ahead and pack it up. We honestly shouldn't even play the rest of the games. Shouldn't even play the rest of the games. We got to protect Drew Sample at all costs. But those are the top five reasons that the Bengals might not make it to the Super Bowl and might not be Super Bowl champions this year. Tom, out of the top five, where, where, did, where did you think I went wrong? Uh, I think you <laughs> went wrong on one and two. Your first three were solid. One and two, I think Nick Kroll's pretty good at building a roster. I, he cert Listen, I understand that. He, he's done a damn good job. And, and teams that he trades with, they are terrible. What did the Minnesota Twins do this year, Tom? <laughs> what did the Seattle Manors done over the past two years? What did the Marlins do? I mean, they just they get crawled, and then they're just they're at the bottom of the MLB. So I'm just scared to death that the Bengals are going to make a trade with the Reds and, and get crawled. That was that was good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, is there anything else on anyone's chest they want to get off their chest before we go any further? No, we're good. <laughs> what is this Kirby back tonight? 
What's Nick? They're doing the, the Reds show tonight. They are? Yeah, they're doing an off-season preview, I believe. I don't know what time it is. I think it's 7.30. Nick or... and Trace? Yep, Nick and Trace. Really? Yep. Okay, we have so. box lunch today right after this, right? Right, That's yep. right. Okay, so that's coming up next. Uh, Nick, help me here. What time are you coming on? Because uh, Trace isn't in the office right now. Um, 9.30. All right. That's good stuff. It's one of the 10 most popular baseball show podcast on the planet. I'm not making that up. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Enormously popular last year. Thousands and thousands of people watching after each and every Reds game. So they're going to be previewing this offseason for the Red Legs. And I'm assuming that Nick um, is um, – you know, that article in The Athletic yesterday um, about the Reds' postseason talked about how – Reds' and, postseason. Postseason, now that it's over, about what they're going to do here this, this offseason is, you know, is, is Nick Kroll going to finally have to start trading some prospects to get pitchers? Because they're not going to be able to afford pitchers. Mm-hmm. There aren't enough of them. Right. And they're going to make the sun, the moon, and the stars. So, um, boy, now wouldn't that be interesting? What? If you started deciding, oh, now we can trade prospects. But we couldn't do it when we're in the middle of a pennant race. We're not going to trade any of our guys. But we'll trade some of our guys three months later when, when we're 0 and 0. Get a full year with a guy, though. Get a full year with a guy. Not just a couple months. Okay. I, one thing I know, Tom, is that if they do make a trade, the team that they trade with will not have any success this year because that has been – That's the M.O. That's the M.O. Yes. Get you, make a tra- you make a trade with Nick Kroll, nothing, nothing good happens to your franchise going forward. Get crawled. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was wrong. It's at 930. I, we said that. Sorry. It's 930. We said that. Sorry. I was um, – Okay. Now, tomorrow, before we get to our cherry on top, tomorrow we have – I'm trying to remember. We have Jay Morris joining us tomorrow uh, to talk about the Bengals and getting ready. And he's down there today at uh, Paycor, and he'll have the whole story on Jamar Chase. And then, believe it or not, it took almost a solid eight, ten hours to get a reply from Big League Paul. Oh, That's my right. God. That's right. Quitter Paul Fritzner. <laughs> You guys gave him that nickname, not me. No, you didn't. We, no, you did. I did You've been not. saying that, Tom, no. for forever. So he is going to join us to talk more about Xavier basketball. And I'm looking forward to seeing Big League Paul. I'll Twitter. be missing the show tomorrow. You're missing tomorrow? No. <laughs> I, was, I was making All a right. joke. He was making All it right. silly. Now, making for <laughs> our cherry on top, I told you I went back and watched the remaining three holes of the golf match in uh, our show yesterday. The pummeling at Potter's Field, where Elliott's Field took on Sean Spurlock. Elliott's caddy was Trace Fowler. What is a young man's name who basically was Sean's uh, caddy? Uh, Matt Mays, nicknamed Booby Mays. He's the, sec- he's the second best catcher that's been on Chatterbox programming. That's okay. B-O-O-B-I-E. Like Booby Clark. Yes. The old Bengal. Yep. Oh, yes. Booby Mays. Yep, I think it's uh, from Friday Night Lights, the movie, right? Uh, what's 
Um, if you want to win, put Booby in. What was that guy? What was that character's name? I think it was Booby. I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, back, right? so he was Sean's caddy, meaning he was driving Sean around uh, in the golf cart. And this, I want you to just watch Booby's face. This is after basically Sean is finished up, and things are not going to go their way. But this is worth ten thousand words. <laughs> that is one of the great, great shots of all time. Run that again, Casey. Just, again. just, just boobies part. As this guy is walking off. He's wearing a lead paint outfit. That is, that is priceless. That's Congratulations. It. Thank you. And round two tomorrow. Round two, we are going tomorrow. Tough track. Tough Good luck. Tough track. It's my home course, though. Hour and a half away from my house. I was getting ready to say. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? I picked You're that. You're driving I up picked, there with all the high nooners for your home course? I picked that course because I thought it was closer to here. And it is. So it's about 30 minutes uh, from here to get there. But for my house, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, I didn't. I, but I try, to, I, I try to be nice for these guys. Instead of 45 minutes my way, I give them 30 minutes that way. I mean, nice and easy. Okay. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have done it. But All right. Should have done Indian Ridge. Sure. Well, that we'll, we'll keep you updated on any uh, last-minute sort of developments in the, the, the preparations for both um, Elliot and Sean, round two. Uh, we thank all of you for being with us. Box Lunch is coming up right now. Gentlemen, thank you so much. As always, thank all of you for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow, but time for Box Lunch. Here we go.